Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to episode 36 of the Dishonomous Podcast. Another shout out to those who have listened to the previous one. Big thank you. That was with regards to the issues and inequities that men face in society. That was kind of in light of the International Men's Day just to kind of give um, people a more balanced view on what actually goes on in the world. Of course, we've heard plenty of like the issues that ethnic minorities face, LGBT community, um, women, but um, migrants, but also men face a lot of issues due to imbalances in society. So I kind of outlined a few of them, and I hope to go into detail with some of these issues with um, people who are a bit more well-versed in it as well. So look out for that in the near future. But yeah, episode 36... Marriage, weddings, and tax. We've seen weddings all over our social medias, in the news, sometimes on TV. We know about marriage because we see maybe our loved ones involved and such. Maybe you are yourself or you see it around society. And tax, you can't avoid tax. They say two things you can't avoid, death and taxes. So I thought it was a good idea to have like a quick overview and how these things kind of intertwine. And provide some data to kind of give us an idea of how these things are currently running in our country. So, first up, marriage. How many people are actually married in the UK? I want you to have a guess. Let's say 1 in 10, 2 in 10, 3 in 10, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 in 10. Obviously not 10 in 10. Have a guess. Whoever guessed 5 in 10, so half... Is correct. 51.5% of people above the age of 16 in England and Wales are currently married. That's quite that's quite a lot of people, when you think about it. Half the adult population are currently married. Okay, cool. Now, what about people who are living, in a, living as a couple, but are not married? How many do you think? Have a guess. 
one in eight adults are living in a couple but not married. This is described as curbiting, and this is most common between people's ages of 30 to 34, which kind of makes sense. Like, you've probably been in your career, line of work, or business for about at least a decade, maybe a decade and a half, in some people's cases, two decades. And you kind of, as you're trying to grow, it's easier if your finances are kind of shared in half. So if you live in, if you share a place with the person you're most likely to be seeing, you can effectively split bills in half, well, for some people. But yeah, there is obviously financial benefits of cohabiting. What I found quite interesting was the fact that one in four people, 24.9% to be exact, of people above the age of 16 have either never been married or never been civil partnered. So imagine one in four of your friends might not ever be in those situations. I'm sure the ladies are out here screaming, God forbid, and amen to that. But it's a real possibility. Some of us aren't that fortunate. Or some people is by choice. Who knows? When I, when I was looking at the, a, um, the data regarding when people are first married, 12% of men who are married were, they got first married over the age of 40. If you look at it between the, if you look at, if you compare the numbers to the ladies, that's 8%, so 4% differential. Which the the interesting thing is that in the early nineties the number for women was two in between two and four percent their first marriage above the age of forty. Why is this? Well, women have better fertility treatments, so now kids can wait. So ladies have with the increase in um, science and technology, ladies can now maybe a bit more plan their their um, their parenthood. So they can maybe pursue their career or their goals or just, you know, find out about yourself, live your life, whatever have you may, and still be able to have kids later down later down the line. Women are now investing more in their career and it makes sense in this current economic climate, you need to be on your P's and Q's. It takes longer to buy a house. As we see in the average age for buying houses goes up and up and up and up and up. So you're probably going to have to work a lot harder maybe advance a bit more your career, secure your house, your, your accommodation, your shelter before you proceed to go and get married and have a child. It's quite interesting because wealthier people, in fact, have higher uh, marriage rates. I saw a young lady retweeted onto my timeline a couple of days ago with regards to, maybe not a couple of days ago, quite a few days ago, a thread about marriage and finances and, and she raised a few good points. I can't remember off my head, but it kind of echoes some of the things that I've seen. If you look at the top 25% of earners, 84% of those are married. So that's 8 out of 10 slash 9 out of 10 of those are actually married. If you look at the bottom 25% percentile, only 40% of those are married. Then again, you tend to have younger people who have just started their career ladder, so are less likely to be married, of course. And the people on the top earners are likely to be in their field for quite a a few amount of years, gain expertise, obviously gonna be a bit older more likely to be married but still that's very interesting um uh, statistics there so that's roughly how many people get married or are married and what their finances are like also in terms of finances um i've seen quite a lot of studies who uh, signal that married women earn slightly less than single women and a lot of the belief is that is down to obviously um women who are married maybe take step backs in their career ladder to kind of balance parenthood with their partners 
and I already told you who I already told um the listeners on my previous podcast that if you look at the maternity and paternity pay in the UK, it's quite heavily skewed. Um, men actually do not are not really eligible to any hard concrete paternity pay. You can get up, up to one or two weeks, but it's no guarantee it is paid or you will get those weeks. And you can do like a since 2015, you can do like a shared parental leave SPL, where the your partner, the lady who's gonna give birth, she has like what 52 weeks of um, maternity. You can split those weeks between you two, but for most, for the majority of families, that's not financially benefit beneficial it makes more sense for the gentleman to continue work because obviously at, at the end of the month you're gonna get you're gonna grow some more income so that's probably one of the indicators of why um married women who, who are likely to have children of course may not earn as much as single women who don't have that burden for lack of a better word okay let's talk about weddings because especially me I'm in my I'm 28 so I'm seeing a lot of people around me getting married I'm sure quite a lot of you who are in your 20s or maybe 30s have seen plenty of people married especially in the summer there's a damn near wedding every every um every weekend on Instagram with that same purple light and looking amazing as usual M- marriage no wedding sorry how much do these things cost <laughs> how much do you think the average cost of a UK wedding is now take a guess the average cost of a UK wedding is almost the same as the average salary of a UK citizen. It is £27,000, £27,161 to be exact. In fact, it's actually up 9.6% from the previous survey, from the previous year. The three main costs in order for a wedding, so for those who are looking to pop the question or have um, ambitions of this down the line, are venue hire, honeymoon, And then food. The average venue hire for a wedding is £4,354. And if you're unfortunate or fortunate enough to live in London, that's five grand, five racks. Honeymoon, the average is 3600 So trying to think what you and your hubby or your fiance or your wifey or whatever can get on a honeymoon for 3600 And food costs around £3,353. Imagine that. Free, free grand to feed people that you may not even really care about too tough especially if you come from a more of an African tradition hella aunties and uncles in your in your wedding eating up your food complaining you don't even know them but it is what it is I'll cross that bridge when I get there anyway in terms of the average cost for Londoners it's even worse for us the average cost of a London wedding is £33,884 how many people would like to have £33,884 to put a drop a knife deposit on a house? But this is what people are spending essentially on one day. Really true. A, a one day party with a honeymoon. That is what people are spending mortgage money on. Mortgage deposit money on. It's absolutely ludicrous. But boy, don't let me know. Don't tell my mum I said that. <laughs> Engagement rings. I've seen on social media and I've I hear my friends speaking, my sister, my mum, they talk about rings, showing each other rings and stuff. It's funny how I see what people expect to receive as a red wing in terms of valuation, monetary valuation. I see them, what was the thing, is it three months salary, what it should cost or whatever have you may. 
Well, let me tell you some reality. The average cost of an engagement ring is, in fact, in the UK, £2,084. Yep, you heard exactly correct. £2,084, which is actually up quite substantially. It's up 17.6% from three years ago. Now, think of this economy where I've been telling people that the cost of living is going up and up and up and up and up. And our income, which is our real wages, and I like to use um, real wages because it adjusts for inflation, is not going up and up and up and up and up. It's actually not too far away from Greece, which is in a current economic mess, and it's 103rd in the world in terms of, of real wage growth. And we usually kind of bridge this gap between us making less money and our costs going even higher with credit, with credit cards and all types of loans and credit cards are getting even more expensive by the day so god knows how people are financing these weddings it's, let alone these um, engagement rings so boy it's going to be very interesting for especially the younger generation my generation how we're going to navigate this because it's really expensive for us to live it's quite hard for us to have enough money to save at the end of the month due to our high transportation costs um bills food is expensive etc and we want to save for a house and then we've got weddings to save for or for us geezers we've got rings to save for it's all nuts anyway back to the rings the london the average price for a londoner's um, engagement ring is actually obviously more expensive than the uk average three thousand one hundred and thirty three pounds so ladies if your geezer's getting you a, a ring that's more than three thousand one hundred and thirty three he's going above average he's doing all right sweetie give give him a break sis the Midlands, shout out the Midlands Massive, they were the most prudent for slash stingy with the rings. The average costed £1,810. You can't buy a Cartier for that. Come on, geezers, put a bit more. Get your checks up. Nah, jokes aside. Yeah, boy, you, you Midlands man are not doing... No wonder the Midlands babes love the Londoners because you know where the money's at. It's nuts. Anyway, one in three couples actually fund weddings themselves completely. Like back to front, so one in three couples are dropping twenty-seven to thirty-three thousand pounds on the one day, and I think that is balmy. God forbid, bad thing. Somebody will sponsor it for me. Fifty-one <laughs> percent, so half fund it made themselves, and then family, you know, and friends maybe chipping a bit here and here and there. I just hope that everybody has people is going to be willing to chip in the money. I know quite a lot of people who are going to weddings abroad and it's just costing the bridesmaids and the grooms an arm and a leg. It's just, oh, it's all mad. And this climate as well. Goodness, God help all of you. But yeah, so that's kind of the cost of weddings and rings. At least a ring is for a period of time. The weddings are basically a one-day shoots, but it is what it is. All right, cool. Since this is dysonomous, let's talk a bit more finance. So here are some of the financial implications of marriage or marriage well i've already told you about how it could potentially affect paternity and your salaries but let's talk about inheritance tax inheritance tax essentially is the tax that the government imposes on assets and money and stuff that's left to you by deceased loved ones maybe um partners grandparents parents whatever the tax-free allowance, which goes up each year up until 2021, is 325k. So if you're left something worth 325k, you, you don't pay no tax on it. Anything above that, you pay tax. 
well, why marriage is quite handy in terms of inheritance tax is that each partner gets 325k. So, let me give you an example and let me explain to you how marriage can be a bit beneficial. Yeah, Let's say um, you owned a property of that costs £1 million. Lucky you. In terms of inheritance tax, whoever's left his property will pay inheritance tax on the six on 675k worth of that property. If you die without a will, the property might not even go to your partner, period, as they aren't necessarily viewed as a first person line. It could go to somebody else. However, if you're married, the um they join each taxable allowance together. So the 325k together becomes 650k. So you actually only get taxed on 350,000 instead of being taxed on 675,000. So you save a lot on the inheritance tax. And then like another short um, thing is marriage allowance. So I'm going to talk about the personal allowance and this is before it's been changed. Um, there was a autumn statement, which I might write about or podcast about. I'm not too sure which one that's going to change the personal tax allowance, which is the amount of money you get tax free. So it's currently eleven thousand, and is going up to, or eleven. I think it's eleven and a half thousand. I can't remember. I don't know why. I should know this. But it's going up to eleven thousand eight hundred and fifty pounds. So, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give you the numbers before this went up. Anyway, so let's say for example, your partner, for you to benefit from a marriage marriage allowance, your partner has to earn less than a personal tax allowance, which is now eleven fifty, and then you. Um, between that amount and 43k so if you earn let's say 20k 15 16 42 your partner can transfer well it well when it was one when it was eleven thousand, it was 1100 of this bracket of this tax allowance to you so i'm going to assume it's going to be maybe 118 and you can add that on top of your salary and that could save you on tax so that is um quite a nifty um, proposal to kind of save a little a few bob on tax so yeah in terms of societies when i was looking at this marriage stuff it's quite interesting in the last 20 years cohabitation has almost doubled but marriage has actually remained fairly constant so what does that mean so that means in like two-thirds of my lifetime almost that people are getting married at a quite regular rate but in terms of cohabitation is actually doubling to me I don't is does it mean that we've become more loved up maybe with technology more and more people can find each other via social media and what type of stuff and keep in contact on what not have long distance relationships etc that probably plays a part in it but i also think the current economic climate plays a part in it is getting more and more expensive to live on your own especially if you're living in cities like london new york boston san francisco dubai los angeles paris berlin all these type of places it's, it's expensive to live on your own and if you live with somebody else you can effectively cut your costs like somebody might grab the food or you might split the bills 50 50 60 40 75 25 either way you're making you're making savings on money on cost sorry so i find that very very intriguing and i definitely believe it's, it's kind of like a due to the economic economic climate my good friend martha been saying for years she goes i've clocked you guys you guys want to marry up with Girls have got to earn money because it's cheaper for you. Damn straight. <laughs> the economy's tight. It's expensive. 
and I am a bit worried about the cost of weddings though because especially for my generation and the generations coming after it's really 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 important that we don't overdo things because our economic climate is not the same people my parents and maybe your parents and grandparents generation can get a house on a salary of 25 stacks on a kind of not like a fantastic salary and you get houses that are fairly decent fairly decent on good value that doesn't exist for us anymore getting a house in london psh, good luck it's very very difficult and it's very very difficult to maintain a decent standard of living because our costs are very high and our wages don't really balance that so i really want people to think very carefully like yeah if you want to have your dream wedding cool like some everybody has their priorities in life and if that's your priority that's your priority no one should judge you for that but if that's your priority and you're 16 year old 15 year old or 27 year old please start making savings for it now start making provisions for it now and start trying to find ways to cut costs and cut corners because 33k that's a lot of cash and maybe you can have a great wedding for less than that so you got you got to be you know you got to do your research but yeah and guys you don't have to hear 15 grand for an engagement ring <laughs> because man out here dropping 1.8 on rings so you gotta stay awake my g's but yeah that's a quick cheeky podcast on money marriage and weddings let me know any thoughts hello at Dissonomics. um i'm on twitter at Dissonomics, but the first i is spelt with a one the link um the details will be in the description of this podcast please please if you listen if you listen to this on soundcloud and you have a apple phone ipad or macbook slash imac go on itunes to subscribe to our podcast and give it a nice review or just give it five stars that'd be nice and yeah follow on soundcloud so if you follow and subscribe it'll come straight to you and more importantly tell a friend to tell a friend but yeah thanks for listening god bless sports social podcast network